You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The College Corner is headed to Oxford. Stop by their new location in the Oxford Commons off Sisk Avenue. They'll have 4,000 square feet of Rebel gear ready for your trip to the Grove. On your next trip to Oxford, stop by the College Corner or our other great locations in Ridgeland and Flowood. Hats, shirts, polos, pullovers, sweats, T-shirts. College Corner has it all. And as always, you can visit us online at collegecornerstore.com. That's collegecornerstore.com. The College Corner, where your game day apparel meets. Drinking muddy water, sleeping in a hollow log. Welcome in to Daytime Fireworks, presented by College Corner. I'm your host, Zach Berry. Joining me, as he always does, Mr. David Brandt, the Associated Press, out there in lovely Arizona. David, I don't know if you've heard, I'm sure you have, from family members and just the internet. Uh, it's been pretty brutal over here in the southeast but uh the snow and ice is starting to dissipate and the kids are back in school thank god but uh welcome in how we doing doing well i heard yeah my uh, folks were telling me in jackson about four or five days ago it got down to nine degrees which i don't think it ever got that cold in the years i lived there so yeah folks folks are freezing here here in arizona we're, we're dealing with rough weather it's it's 62 and drizzling so yeah we're I, We're I really told my wife, here. yeah, so I noticed the other night after the kids were down, we're just watching TV, hanging out, and I looked up, and I was like, oh, the fireplace isn't on. It was the first time in nine days that we didn't just have the fireplace on all day, and sure. I was and I was like, well, it did get up to 30, 36 today. It's all wow. relative. What it's an insane relative. statement. Um, yes. uh, I'll tell you one thing that is not cold and that is Ole Miss football as we have discussed you are are a master of transitions (laughs) I just wanted to um yeah that 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 was that that was a little touch and go there for a minute but um but yeah so Ole Miss 11 wins peach bowl dominant finish to the season um now more headlines, or as Lane Kiffin would say, rat poison. Uh, we have some uh, early Heisman odds that have been released. Uh, FanDuel uh, put out some updated odds uh, earlier this week. And uh, we've got some uh, some easy ones up there. And then we've got some interesting ones. I think the easy one up top 
uh, Quinn Ewers and Carson Beck, two quarterbacks. Um, an interesting one at three is Dylan Gabriel. So I'll, I guess I should say the odds, David. Quinn Ewers is plus 750. So is Carson Beck. Dylan Gabriel's at plus 1,000. And then after that, we start to get into Ohio State quarterback Will Howard at plus 1,200, which that's... You're going for the Flyers at that point. That, yeah, that... that's a... Yeah, and Jalen Milrow right there with him at plus 1,200. This one, to me, is a real stretch. Nico, and I can never say his name, I am a Leva, I'm a Lava, the quarterback at Tennessee playing the bowl sure. game. He's at he plus played 1500. well in the bowl game. Yeah, he did. He did he did play well, but top 10 Heisman odds going into uh, your second year is a lot. Um, but you go down the list, and then you got Jackson Dart tied for seventh at plus 1800. Um, going into year three in the offense, Lane Kiffin and, and – the staff has done a tremendous job building around the returning core via the portal. Uh, they're working on adding some offensive linemen to protect Jackson Dart and help them run the football now that Quinshawn Judkins has left. But they've added Juice Wells at wide receiver, Trey Harris, Jordan Watkins, Caden Priest cornerback. Um, I don't know. I, I think that's probably about right where he's at. But, you know, if, if we're going to, you know, st- crank up the Heisman campaign for Jackson Dart in January. Um, you know, what's kind of your feel on, you know, his positioning in this, you know, Heisman race? I actually that hasn't like begun his, yet. <laughs> right. Well, obviously, but I like his positioning honestly because it feels realistic. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't yeah. feel like he's overhyped. It doesn't feel like he's like, oh, I get no respect. Like, I mean, he's getting some respect. He's a, you know, top 10 in the early Heisman odds. I think that's very fair. And I think, you know, we've we've seen over the years that the uh, the Heisman Trophy is, A, usually a quarterback award, and B, usually kind of a team reward as far as how good your team is. Um, that's not always the case. Obviously, Jaden Daniels, you know, LSU had a few stumbles this year, and Jalen mm-hmm. Daniels was just so awesome it didn't matter. But um, – you know, I, I just like that because I've gone back to this year a couple times, but it's just because I see a lot of the similarities. But remember, Jevin Sneed, when the, the Heisman odds came out, was, you know, way up there. And it was basically just on the strength of like two or three really good games late in the year. And it felt super mm-hmm. aggressive, kind of like you were talking about with Will Howard or, or somebody like that. But with this with Jackson Dart, it, it doesn't feel – I don't think the expectations – mean anything because i think they're very realistic and they already have those expectations so i i that's that's a long-winded answer to say that i think it's about right and i think it's realistic and if if jackson dart if Ole miss has the kind of season uh that they think they will or that they think they could then there's a great chance that if darty doesn't win the award that he at least ends up in new york one of the key components typically for the Heisman winners, you got to win. Uh, you mentioned Jaden Daniels. Now LSU won. They they still had a good year, but it wasn't you know twelve and zero. Right, 11 they just were right. There were some losses. Yeah, uh, the schedule though sets up nicely for Ole Miss to have a ten and two, eleven and one type season. You don't play Alabama. You don't play Auburn. Your two toughest games, in my opinion, are at home with Georgia and Oklahoma. 
You're on the road against LSU, which will be a tough one. It always is, but there's no Jane Daniels. Um, I think a very underwhelming hire or hires, I should say, they promoted two, uh, you know, in-house guys to be co-OCs. I thought Brian Kelly would go and get a proven guy or maybe, maybe go get Tommy Reese, who was his guy at Notre Dame. And Tommy Reese goes to the Browns. Uh, it's coach tied in. So he promotes from within. So not very, that doesn't, if I'm an LSU fan, that doesn't get me fired up to promote two position guys to co-OC. Um, and I'm not sure if either one of them have ever done it before. Um, not saying they, they won't, they won't do a good job, but I don't think they've proven that they can do it. So yeah, I think 2024 is, we've talked about it on this podcast plenty. It sets up perfectly for Ole Miss to make that run to the college football playoff, right? Oh, I think so. And I think really for Jackson Dart to win the award, um, they're going to have to, because I I think Jackson Dart's going to put up really good numbers, but I don't think it's going to be like Johnny Manziel, you know, even Jaden Daniels type, just stupid, ridiculous numbers to where, you know, like a guy like Lamar Jackson, um, or, you know, that just has such awesome numbers that even if the team goes eight and four, you're still in the running. Like, I I think that this is going to have to be at least partly a team reward. I think Jackson Dart's going to have good numbers. He's always had good numbers, but he's, I, I haven't seen it. I don't think Lane Kiffin wants to get, into a situation where Jackson Dart needs to throw for 450 yards a game. I, I just don't think it's no. going to be like one of those, you know, just stupid numbers. I mean, like, I, I think when Ole Miss, as we've said over the years, when they're at their best, Jackson Dart's throwing for 250, 300 yards. He's running for some touchdowns. He's got good numbers, but I just don't know. So I, I think for him specifically, I think that Ole Miss has to be very good. It has to be at least a 10-win season. Yeah, and I think they, I think Ole Miss. If you made me pick today, I would say ten and two at least. Um, yeah, I think that's the baseline. I, I certainly, yeah, I, mean, and I think that's the way lose, they feel too. Yeah, lose to Georgia and then just lose an SEC game somewhere. Um, but you, the point you made about Jane Daniels and playing on a team that lost three games, you go back and look at the guys that that won it, that lost three games. You mentioned Lamar Jackson, which you know almost 5,000 yards of total offense. Yeah, I mean, he just had such amazing numbers it didn't really matter. Yeah, second most of any Heisman winner all all time, or at the time. Um, Joe Burrow broke that um, with what he did, which was just absurd. But RG3 at Baylor um, threw for, you know, 4,000, ran for 600, almost 650. Um, Ricky Williams in 98, which, I mean – he ran for over 2,000, 27 touchdowns. He set 21 NCAA records. Um, he received 43% of first place votes. That was that's the highest percentage in Heisman history at the time. Um, wow. Bo Jackson in '85 on an eight and three Auburn team. George Rogers at South Carolina. Jim Plunkett at Stanford. Steve Owens at Oklahoma. Going down. We're getting into the uh, 50s here. I mean. The uh, Ernie Davis at Syracuse, Paul Horning at Notre Dame, Vic Janowitz at Ohio State, and Jay Burwanger, who was the first Heisman winner. Um, he was on a team that went four and four. Uh, so, um, yeah, I don't think Ole Miss is losing three games. I, 
honestly, I think if Ole Miss loses three games, I think that means Jackson Dart got hurt. Um, yeah, something has happened. I think at that yeah. point, like, and not good. Would I say? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, what they've built around him in the portal, uh, the defense. I mean, a plus off season upgrades on defense with what they put on the defensive line. I think they've upgraded in the secondary. And that's not to say that they weren't good in the secondary this year. I think they just added some really good pieces in the secondary. And then I think the addition of Pooh Paul from Arkansas played a lot of football in the SEC. And then TJ Dudley played in the bowl game. He was, you know, had to sit out Clemson four-star guy because he missed the deadline, got to play in the bowl game because it's the postseason made some plays. He flashed on the field. So I think that linebacker room is going to be really good. Um, and they're still trying to add at least three more, two on the offensive line, one on the defensive line. So I, I think with – even with the loss of Quinshawn Judkins, they add Logan Diggs from LSU, Ulysses Bentley's back, and then they got a, a true sophomore in Kedra Griscano that I think is going to um, really surprise some people. But, yeah, I mean, it certainly sets up if you want to prop up somebody, I think Jackson Dart's the one to do uh, to prop up for a Heisman race. Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, you just you said it better than me going through all the positions. Like, if Jackson Dart, if he does somehow, because it's going to have to be the reason why I think he's lower in the top ten is because of the things we discussed. He's probably not going to put up just like super gaudy numbers. It's going to have to be a little more of a team award, and and I think that Ole Miss is set up to be a very good team. So that puts him in that discussion. So I, I, you know, it's not often, usually I look at these early lists and I'm like, that's, that's dumb or that's overhyping somebody, but that uh, that's about right. At least for uh, Jackson Dart. Yeah. And, and I mean, like you said, when Ole Miss is at its best offensively, you know, barring just a, a shootout or a game where man, things are just really clicking. Dart's not asked to do a ton. Right. Ideally, Kiffin wants a balanced, you know, attack. He wants to run the football, be physical, and use play action to make you pay and, and expose you. Um, <coughs> excuse me, which is what they did in the Peach Bowl. They ran the football. Uh, Penn State's defense was pretty stout in that first half. They ran the ball just enough to get those safeties, you know, staring in the backfield a little too long. They used some you know, some motion, some, some clever things with priest corn. Um, but yeah, I, I think a balanced attack, he takes care of the football and Ole Miss wins 10 plus he'll be in the conversation. Cause I think Ole Miss would be a top five team. And I, and I just kind of thought about this. Um, one thing that might help him with, without Judkins, I know they still have Ulysses Bentley and other people have come in. I still expect the running game to be good. But it could help Dart's numbers and that I don't think that there will be as much pressure to, I don't know if pressure is the right word, but I think all year everybody, you know, we were like, you need to feed Judkins. Like, he can do this, he can do that, you got to feed Judkins. Now there's really, you know, I mean, feed Bentley, feed, you know, you've got to establish a running game, but I don't think there's any pressure necessarily to get a Judkins his 20 touches a game, his 100 yards a game. You know, if Bentley does it or whoever does it, that's totally fine. But I, I think that maybe the team's offense leads slightly more now on Dart. Um, yeah. Because, you know, for every, you know, Jud- Judkins was an elite player. So um, mm-hmm. we'll see. And they may have that again. You know, I think running back is a 
a spot where sometimes you could plug and play a little better than other spots, but we'll see. I mean, that, that could help Jackson Dart's Heisman chances just because even if he gets, you know, if that averages out to two or three more opportunities a game, that's more numbers. That's more, whether that's running or throwing. So I think that probably helps. And yeah, the defense really getting a boost through the portal, get more stops, get the ball back more. Um, Yeah. You know, long, you know, more time of possession, more, more chances at making a big, you know, chunk play to priest corn or to Trey Harris or to, you know, juice wells or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I think it, it, I know it's January 23rd and this is just what you do in the off season. You have stuff to talk about and, and discuss, but yeah, I don't think it's far fetched at all for Jackson dart to be in the top 10 of Heisman odds right now, because he's, he's been a proven commodity for two years. Um, and, and I think, with what's coming back because again i think you're going to have a third year of of ulysses bentley in the system it'll be darts third year jordan watkins third year trey harris's second year breeze corn's second year um and if you know somebody like juice wells if his foot's healthy if he's good to go by the time conference play starts i i don't see how the offense you know barring an injury to, you know, somebody on the offensive line. I mean, I think they're going to be even better than they were in, in 2023, which is crazy to say, because Judkins is gone. Yeah. I mean, that you know, I mean, we've, we've sang like Kevin's praises of being a guy that is, you know, critical of the transfer portal sometimes, but is going to use it. And they've certainly mm-hmm. done it to replenish and, and get their team as, as good as it can pretty much as good as it can be going into 2024. Are you looking at cutting your health insurance premiums by as much as 20 to 30%? Are you aging into Medicare and need help finding a Medicare supplement plan? Call Drew Moak of USA Benefits Group at 601-953-8449. Drew is an Ole Miss grad located in Mississippi and licensed in seven states. He works with the nation's second largest health insurance brokerage with access to 35 different carriers, and he can help you with any of your health insurance needs. From regular health plans to life insurance to dental and vision and even Medicare, he has it all covered. Now more than ever, it is critical to have a health insurance agent who is local and accessible. So call Drew Moak at 601 601- 953-8449 and get your free quote today. Cooler temperatures are right around the corner, and as I like to say, it's the perfect time to play around a round of golf. And if you're looking for a premier golf course in Northwest Mississippi or the Memphis, Tennessee area, go to Cherokee Valley Golf Club in Olive Branch, 15 minutes from the Memphis International Airport. With those cooler temps, you might want to stay warm and comfortable on the course this fall. Go in the clubhouse and check out their new selection of outerwear from Travis Matthew and FootJoy, including FootJoy's new lightweight hoodie. This 18-hole par 72 course includes four sets of tees to accommodate all players and has 11 lakes, 52 bunkers, and the wide Zoysia fairways and extra-large champion Bermuda greens and clean roughs make for an excellent opportunity every single time to post a number. If you need a premier golf experience in the Mid-South, go to Cherokee Valley Golf Club. Call them at 662-893-4444 or check them out, olivebranchgolf.com. 
podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals who can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension, and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies as well. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite-level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn about this and more at BluffCityAdvisory.com. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head. And PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC. Code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. BXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Last thing here on uh, on football, um, talk a little basketball as we close the show, but um, just some coaching carousel things. Kalen DeBoer at Alabama, um, and then Jim Harbaugh. Looks like he's heading out your way out to Los Angeles to uh, take over the chargers. As um, I saw that uh, earlier today, uh, Aaron Wilson of uh, the Houston Chronicle, or, or he worked for the Houston Chronicle, Baltimore sun. Uh, he now works for uh, a new station in Houston uh, reported that uh, Harbaugh could be going and could be taking his defensive coordinator, Kevin mentor with him. Um, He's been in the NFL before, had success with the Niners. How do you think he translates now to the NFL game? Because I, I think you saw what the hire that the Titans made, Brian Callahan. And it was a good piece in The Athletic about the importance of, you know, you really need to be an offensive-minded guy to succeed right now. you got to be able to throw the football it's not really Harbaugh's thing. You know, Michigan won a national championship on the backs of physicality on both sides of the ball in the trenches and running the football. Uh, how do you think he potentially, you know, translates to the NFL in 2024? I I think, honestly, I think on the field, like as far as just scheming, different things like that, he'll be fine. I think he adapts. He's shown the ability to do that over his career. I I do think he is a better fit 
for a college program just because, and this is this is from afar, I'm just hearing things here and there. I think his kind of shtick, I don't know if that's the right word, I don't know, but can kind of wear thin after a while. And at the college level, you're rotating players through every two or three years. So about the time right. they get tired of their your shtick, uh, they move on. And I think that works really well. And and not I'm not even saying Harbaugh's shtick as it is. I can't even really define it. But whatever people are talking about, yeah. I'm not even saying it's bad. I'm just saying that from what people have told me that after two or three years, and this goes for a lot of people, my yeah. wife would probably – But after a few years, like people can wear on each other. And I think, you know, Harbaugh, I I think in that college scheme, um, that was just a good fit for him because I think he could turn over his roster every few years. And in the pros, that's a little harder to do. So um, I think he'll be fine. I think he's a good football coach. You know, the the Chargers, obviously, with Justin Herbert and all that thing, he's going to have, there's going to be a lot of pressure, but I mean, Harbaugh's used to that. If, if that's where he yeah. ends up going. So I, I honestly think on the field, he'll be fine. He'll find ways to adjust, make the right hires around him, that sort of thing. I, I'm just more interested to see, um, you know, how it, it's just different. I mean, we've seen it all the time. There's, there's very few coaches, Pete Carroll among them, who is able to make that transition and deal with, you know, college kids, as we call them, and then grown men, you know, who are sometimes in their early 30s. It's just, it's just different. And so we'll see what happens. But I I think Harbaugh will be okay. Yeah. I mean, we obviously saw the best to ever do it in college. Nick Saban couldn't do it in my Right. Yeah. Spurrier. Yeah. Yeah. Spurrier. Um, And I mean, you know, sometimes it's situational and and different things like that, but it's just, it's just a different, well, what was the Miami thing? If, uh, you know, they, they draft Drew Brees. Was that the whole what if game with Saban at the Dolphins? Wasn't Oh, that? sure. Well, yeah. And I mean, a lot of it is, especially in the NFL, well, college too. But if you have a quarterback, um, that really helps in your development. It can make you a very smart coach. But, um, but yeah, it's just coaching's hard. And, and there is a difference between the NFL and the NCAA, just how much time you could spend around the players, you know, how much mm-hmm. you enjoy if recruiting is your thing, if being a, you know, a leader of men appeals to you. Jim Harbaugh always has, has come across as one of those guys, a little Hugh Freeze-esque uh, and Houston not, you know, the helping people, helping. I just yeah. want to help them. Um, you know, a lot of guys in the pros don't need help anymore. They're, they're grown. They have wives. They have children. They want to yeah. play football and they want to be successful at football. They don't need the the people help in business. So right. anyway, I'll be interested to see how that, that works out. Speaking of how things will work out, Ole Miss basketball back at it Wednesday to take on a surprisingly struggling Arkansas team. I don't know much about them. I don't, maybe there's some injuries. I don't know. Maybe they're just really young. Um, but uh, they take on Arkansas uh, on Wednesday. But uh, Ole Miss started out 13-0. and At one point, they were one of three undefeated teams remaining in the country. Uh, won uh, its first three SEC games. Um, or, excuse me, two. And then uh, now they've gone on a skid of they've lost a couple. Uh, on the road, pretty tough fashion. But um, 
Yeah, what's been kind of your early read on this team? I know the, the the two teams that they were blown out by are two tournament teams. They're top 10 teams in Tennessee and Auburn. But as far as early returns on Chris Beard and Ole Miss basketball, what do you think? Well, I, I mean, I think just overall you've got to be – you know, it's been a tough week or two, but like you said, these aren't just tournament teams. These are arguably top 10, top 15 teams. I mean, it, it, to me, it's been more of just a tough schedule the first couple weeks. And yeah. yeah, you would have liked to see Ole Miss be a little more competitive, particularly that Auburn game, but those are tough places to play. Those are good coaches. Um, I, I think, you know, basketball, sometimes because we talk about football all the time on here, we get in that football mentality where a loss or two, is the end of the world. And, and I, it's just not in basketball. And so I, I'm interested to see how Ole Miss bounces back from this. Um, you know, and again, everybody, everybody probably on this podcast that listens uh, thinks that I'm stuck probably in 2008, but this reminds me of the season that if you'll remember the second season of Andy Kennedy, Chris Warren was a freshman and they started off conference play undefeated. They went 13-0 or 14-0 with like a big win over Clemson. Um, yeah. And they they were like number 19 in the country. It was very similar to this year. And then they go into conference play, and they just couldn't get it done. They ended up going like 7-9, and nine, missing the NCAA tournament. They ended up going to – it was that year that they advanced to the Final Four of the NIT and uh, played Ohio State, I think, and lost or something like that. Costa Kufus, if you remember that guy. He played yeah. for the Grizzlies for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah, I I you know, in that season, it, it was a younger team, a younger coach and Andy Kennedy. I, I think if Kennedy had been a little more experienced at that time, maybe things are different. Um, I'm I'm hoping sure. that, you know, when I'm watching Chris Beard, I'm I'm if you're an old Miss fan. I would think you're hopeful that he is better equipped to pull them out of any sort of tailspin. I, to say two and three is a tailspin, especially with the teams they lost to, I wouldn't really say that. But are they able to recapture their mojo? And in that year with Chris Warren, you know, because he was a freshman, they had a young team. They were just never able to do it. Um, and so, yeah. you know, I, I, I think Chris Beard, just because of his experience, will be better equipped to allow them to do that. And I think it starts with, obviously defending your home court with, with a struggling Arkansas team on Wednesday. I compare Beard a lot to Bruce Pearl. Um, a little bit of a similar mantra with defense and defending. Um, kind of similar coaching styles. I think Beard's a little more reserved. I, I Seeing him live for a game, I don't know how much you've watched or how much you've been able to see, but does it get up a lot? sits on the bench, talks to his assistants. He, you know, he calls plays, barks out orders, but he's not up stomping around on the floor, running up and down the baseline, yelling at officials. He's pretty reserved. You know, Bruce Pearl's a little different there, but I compare them because I think a lot of people thought Bruce Pearl, like, oh, he's going to Auburn. Like, it's just a reset after Tennessee. He, he'll only be there for a couple of years, and then he'll go to a bigger job. And now you look up, and he's been there a decade. Um his first three seasons, 15 and 20, 11 and 20, then six and 14, which they had some games vacated, whatever. Wikipedia's throwing me off here, but <laughs> that that fourth year, 26 and eight, they go to the round of 32, 
and then 30 and 10 the next year go to the final four. Not saying that's what Ole Miss is going to do, but I think both are great basketball coaches, great recruiters. And even though Pearl's done it at different spots longer, I I do think you can consider Beard a program builder. Um, Everybody that I've talked to, whether it's, you know, Jeff Goodman or any other person around basketball, college basketball, they say the same thing about Beard is that he's a builder. Like he, he takes pride in, in building his own brand, his culture. And I don't know. I, I know some people expect him to bounce whenever a big job opens up, but I think kind of similar to what we talk about with Kiffin all the time, it's gotta be the right big job. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no question. There's some blue bloods that he would be crazy not to go to, but I think Ole Miss has upped its game even like we talked about in the past 10 years, you know, it's not, you know, poor old old Miss anymore. It's, you know, they've got a beautiful basketball facility now, obviously. Um, they've built that program to where, it, you know, it's not on the level of football or baseball or anything like that. But it's, you know, you can win at old Miss. You can go to NCAA tournaments. And to your point on Bruce Pearl, I think there's just a handful of coaches out there that can just simply coach ball. And it really doesn't matter where they go. Bruce Pearl yeah. did it everywhere. I've, I've mentioned all this story before when I was a college freshman playing baseball and we were bored on a road trip playing Southern Indiana. We went to a ba- basketball game that night and Bruce Pearl was the coach of Southern Indiana. And guess what? They were yeah. awesome <laughs> because yeah. he can go. Won it all in 95. Right. And then he goes to Wisconsin, Milwaukee. Guess what? They were really good because he can coach ball. And then he goes to Tennessee where they were good because he could coach ball. Same thing yeah. with Chris Beard. I just think that, you know, there's certain guys that, you know, are better fits for different types of programs. I think Chris Beard is a pretty good fit for just about any type of program. And, and I really like the idea that yeah. he came from a place like, you know, a Texas tech where, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, no disrespect to Texas tech, but resources aren't necessarily their strength either. Um, and so right. I, I think that just – that was a good fit culturally. And then Chris Beard can just coach basketball. And I think that's very similar to, you know, when we're talking about somebody like Bruce Pearl. Speaking of people who can coach basketball, you've been watching the McNeese Cowboys? I I can't say that you I have, who, David. You know who I know, their coach is. I know who he is. You know who their coach is. I, I – you know, it's funny. I was at the – I was at – shockingly, I was at a bar last night. And – um I, uh, I, the TV was on and it was McNeese against like Texas A&M Corpus Christi or something like that. I was like, why is this game on TV? And then I noticed Texas or uh, McNeese was 17 and two or something like that. I was like, wow, look how good for them. And then I started researching. I was like, Will Wade. Oh my gosh. Oh but yeah. Love him. Or as most people don't love him. Um, he coached basketball. Yeah. I mean, look, it's like what we said about, DeBoer and when I talked with the Alabama folks at at on three and talked to my friends that you know went to Alabama or had a buddy that played for Nick Saban and I was like look man the guy just wins you can't worry about where he's from or where he coached and you know Washington's a legitimate job but you know oh he's from South Dakota or who cares like 
all he, he does he's is already win. proven and he's already proven he could go out of his area and win because yeah. i do think that's important especially for some of those upper midwest guys that like recruit that area really big can you go out of the south dakota minnesota north dakota nebraska area yeah. and win he's already done it i mean he went to fresno state and was really good and then he went to washington it was really good i don't i mean it may not work out just because sometimes things don't work out but I have no reason to believe. Kalen DeBoer has shown me nothing. That I mean, I think he's one of those guys that can just coach ball, and it doesn't matter where he's at. Now, Alabama, the one thing about that, is he going to win at a level? Because he's going to have to win at a ridiculous level, almost right. immediately. Yeah, yeah. And so I mean, this, he, that, you go nine and three this, at Bama, they're going to hate you. Exactly. And, and like, I, I really don't have – I don't think Kalen DeBoer is going to go six and six anytime soon. Now, do I think a nine and three season might happen? Yes. And how will Alabama's fan base handle that? Which my first guess is not well, but, uh, but anyway, I, but yes, I, I think that there's similarities in that, that some guys can just coach. And I think Kalen DeBoer has, has showed that at this point. You can see Chris Beard get after it and coach as Ole Miss will take on Arkansas. That is Wednesday night. I believe tip is at 8 o'clock. I'm checking to make sure that is central time, I believe. So, uh, ESPNU, uh, again, great opportunity for Ole Miss. I, I think this is a big – this is the, uh, you know, the the road diverges type type game for Ole Miss. Because I agree. Arkansas, Arkansas is really struggling. And Musselman's a good coach. I mean, you talk about guy can coach ball. Love him or hate him. Think he's a weirdo. Uh, he can coach, and they're going to have talent. So back home, you know they're going to want a big crowd. I, I think students are back. Um, I know the weather's been terrible, but classes are back on Thursday. So Wednesday night, no better time than to go out and have a good time before you just pick up your syllabus on Thursday, right? That that would be my course of action if I were a twenty-year-old. <laughs> Yeah, Arkansas just ten and eight and one and four in the SEC. Ole Miss fifteen and three, two and three in the SEC. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I did see uh, Ole Miss is now on the bubble person bra person bracketology. Yeah, no. And the thing that impresses me most about the SEC, we're talking about a Arkansas team that's ten and eight, one and four in the SEC, and still not a terrible basketball team. And I really like. I give some credit to. I mean, before even Greg Sankey, Mike Slive, remember there was kind of a come to Jesus meeting in the SEC about 2013 or 14. The league was terrible. The league was absolutely awful. And there it was essentially Kentucky, Florida, and then the rest of it was like the Sun Belt or something like that. I mean, you know, and Ole Miss was like okay in those years, but they struggled to make the NCAA tournament. And I really think the the uh the management of the SEC, whether the leadership really made it a priority to get better coaches, in some cases get better facilities, and really make basketball a priority. And now I just looked at real-time RPI, yeah. and it's and it's the top-ranked conference in the country. And so it's impressive to see when the SEC wants to do something and really puts their resources behind it, they're pretty yeah. good at doing stuff. And and so I, I think it's it's been a process, but I think um, – you know, the SEC is no more just like, oh, John Calipari's like personal little playground. Um, yeah. It's it's a lot more than that now. Yeah, it's fun. It's it's balanced. Uh, 
you know, I guess it's good because it can be a little top heavy at times, but it's, it's still night in night out. It's good basketball. Um, if you're in Oxford for the game, like I said, 8 PM tip, make sure to swing by college corner over on Sisk Avenue. If I can get this ad read out before I cough again, um, go over there. <clears throat> the new space is great. Scott and the folks over there have done a phenomenal job. Huge space. They've got Ole Miss stuff. They got real tree. They've got polos, shirts, hats. They got supplies for the Grove. If you want to try to maybe steal some deals on some tailgating supplies in the off season, go over there and get you that. If you can't make it to Oxford, but you still need to get you some new, uh, new merch, go to collegecornerstore.com. Use promo code SHARKFEST for 10% off of your purchase before you uh, hit that checkout button. So appreciate College Corner powering the podcast here. Another daytime fireworks with my buddy David. Appreciate I was trying everybody. to help you out. You're, you're, like, you're like a catcher that got <laughs> hit on the cup with a, with a low pitch. I was like the umpire. I was, I was trying to sweep the plate for you. I was like, he's struggling. <laughs> I was like, he's Got struggling. I made, maybe I can get him. I was, I sweep it. I ran out of time to sweep the plate. I was like, I, I can't say anymore. I'm, I'm helping. You go so, out and talk to anyways. the pitcher, check the ball right, back. Exactly. I'm, I'm trying. I'm doing everything. I'm, I'm doing veteran <laughs> moves. Give my, give my boys Zach some more time. I'm fighting. I'm bobbing yeah. and weaving. Um, but yeah, uh, big ups to College Corner for powering the show here. We appreciate them. We appreciate you, the listener, for tuning in. Stay locked in at omspirit.com. We'll have basketball coverage, transfer portal, all of that and more. Until next time, David, appreciate you, buddy. Absolutely. Always fun. All right, we out. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.